Hello and welcome to Tokyo Inklings. My name is CY, and you can find me on my website at tokyostationpens.com, on Instagram, and now TikTok at Tokyo Station Pens, and on Twitter at Tokyo Station MNH. And my name is Jacob, and I'm Fuda fan on Instagram and on Twitter. I have a blog at fudafan.com, and I don't have a TikTok account. You don't have TikTok. I mean, you gotta start making one. <laughs> gotta claim all the handles, Jacob. I gotta do that. Just that's why that's why uh, Pen Addict is um, Dowdyism on on Twitter. Couldn't claim the handles. All right. Um, oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, uh, you know, we've gone. What this is? This is forty forty one. Forty one. Quite a quite a long way, and、uh, we've developed a good、um, good routine with our intros by starting to read the reviews because these review readings are really、um, to show appreciation for、uh, for our listeners and also you know to to really understand and listen to、uh, listener feedback. So、uh, the first one I'll just get straight into it is from I believe you pronounce this Jeff Pleat. And、uh, Jeff Pleat via Apple Podcast says,、uh, "Great show, five stars. Just started listening and really enjoying the deeper discussions and the great perspectives offered by the hosts, especially their insights to the details of Japanese stationary businesses." Jacob, that's what we're aiming for. So, <laughs> thank you for that. We appreciate it. Yes, thank you very much, Jeff.、Uh, I think you know this just really. You know, as we've said、um, time and time again, this show also helps us learn, helps us grow. So, thank you so much for putting up with us and、uh, and listening to to the show. And I think it's fair to say that our podcast is like a niche within a niche within a niche. So it's、uh, it's good to hear that people appreciate the extreme geekery about <laughs> things that you would think no one else would care about. Yeah. All right. Uh, second. Uh, second. Review is from Tiny Gummy via Apple Podcasts from the United States, and Tiny Gummy says, "Authentic opinions and high quality information, five stars." This was the first fountain pen podcast I listened to, and will always be a favorite. Cy and Jacob are an amazing amalgam of friends I'd like to go pen and paper shopping with. Investigative reporters who take the time to track down and verify information direct from the source instead of passing on hearsay or speculation, and news reporters keep keeping me informed about new pen and paper products and trends. Additionally, they seem to have little concern about not offending people, which is refreshing. Lol, <laughs> that's you. That's you. That's me. <laughs>、um, they simply tell it like it is. I find their authenticity and friendly banter. Uh, brackets even when disagreeing makes for a charming podcast. I'm able to learn a lot from. They cover everything from events to places to shop, places not to shop, historical aspects of pen and paper companies, the people who have molded the industry into what it has become, and more. Every episode is fun and interesting. Thank you so much to both of you for putting in the time and the effort. To create such a high quality podcast. Thank you for that. And I'm curious about this、uh, reputation for doing like investigating <laughs> investigations and reporting.、Uh, is that is is that our thing now? Has it become our thing?、Um, I I I personally don't really know. <laughs>、um, it's fun to to ask directly at the source, right? Because then you know、mm. you're getting information that is correct.、Um, I th- I think sometimes. Uh, we do have to ha- rely on secondary and tertiary sources,、yeah. but、uh, everything that we say is as as far as our knowledge correct, right? And then if we have an opportunity to、yeah. to build on that knowledge, that's always something that's very welcome. I think so. You know, we're not like, and we do have a bit of a teaser. We do have some interesting new first-hand information in this episode. So <laughs> look forward to that. I have a suspicion that that teaser will be in the in the title. Anyways. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't really necessarily consider ourselves as investigative journalists.、Um, certainly, we we would have to,、um, you know, pass much more rigorous examination. But 
I, I do think that we try our best to, to bring information that's accurate and that's useful for our listeners. So thank you very much. Thank you so much. All right. And um, today I'm actually recording out here from Hong Kong. Um, not many acquisitions to really speak about. Uh, I had a friendly delivery from Leo Falk, uh, Inquisitive Quill, yesterday. So I have my first bottle of Pilot Jet Blue Ink. I didn't bring any ink to Hong Kong. So thank you very much to Inquisitive Quill. Follow him on Instagram. And also, uh, he does a good job at moderating a few um, Facebook groups. Um, the Inkwell is one of them, for example. Uh, otherwise, on your side, anything interesting? No, not really. Uh, I think I got some pilots again, but I can't remember which one. So I, I, I'll, I'll try to remember for next episode. That's right. But you did get a lot of interesting stuff at Maruzen, right? I didn't for myself, but uh, I went there and um, actually, yeah, let, let's start from the beginning. Do you want to explain what the event was about? Yeah, um, so we talked a little bit about this last episode too, but um, Marizen, I think for the first time in uh, in at least recent history, um, held a, an autumn event at both their Nihonbashi and their Marunouchi stores. Now, as far as I mm. know, this is the first time that a event has simultaneously been held at both stores, um, which we'll get maybe a bit into that later. But mm. uh, but there were some ohashidos, uh, there were um, custom or um, limited edition pilots, and two limited edition sailors that we went pretty in-depth on last time. Right, right, yeah. Yes, I, I recall uh, seeing maybe summer or autumn pen events in Marunouchi before, I think. But, but, but there was definitely no simultaneous one in Nihonbashi before. So, yeah, I think that maybe they changed the format this year. And to be honest, we were both, I think many people were confused. Because as we mentioned in the thing maybe last episode, we got two... Like, like postcard flyers from them, right? We would, and each postcard had this list of pens available, and it wasn't crystal clear that you know one was one of them was only for Marunouchi, another one was only for Nihonbashi. It took a while for everything to <laughs> make sense to click, but uh, yeah, so eventually we figured it out, and I think we both went to both. Marunouchi and to Nihonbashi on the very first day and I would say based on what I saw the Marunouchi one to my surprise seemed to be the bigger event or at least the one that seemed to got most most traffic because it was not just Marunouchi selling their own limited edition pens and ink but you also had uh, other vendors there you had a Kawanishi glass you had this other glass pen makers name I forgot now and there was one notebook maker and there was there was a lot of things going on it felt like a normal like big Marazen event at Marunouchi and I think also um, there was like more stuff happening at at Marunouchi there was a sailor mm. um, and and the pilots were only at Marunouchi right and we know that pilots always yes. draw the crowds um, and also the two inks Whereas the Nihonbashi event was mostly focused on the pens, the Ohashido and um, and that other sailor, but I, I think I think mm. this time the Ohashido. I mean, to be honest, it was um, I don't know it, it looked like a tree branch that I would pick up from from the from the park or something. It, it was not, yeah, it was not my style of design. Let's say. I liked it only because it was such an unusual, distinctive design. And I think if you're already into Hashido, which I've come to realize a lot of people are, not just in Japan, but there are definitely overseas collectors that are very hardcore into Ohashido. They have, a, they have a very loyal following. I think if you already like Ohashido, you would really like this pen. But it, it was, as we said last time, it was definitely expensive at 110,000 yen. I don't mean... It was a bad value because you had, you know, Urushi and all that. But it was, it's not, it's not an impulse buy. No, 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 definitely not. But I mean, at that price point, you do expect less people, right? Before we go on to yeah. the actual, like, products, what do you think about splitting the event into two like this? I'm sure there were 
business reasons for them. They wanted to draw crowds to both stores, but I felt like there wasn't much going on at Nihonbashi. Maybe it was like a bit unbalanced. Maybe there were just more interesting products in in Marunouchi. Maybe it was the inks. Maybe it was the other vendors. But I felt like the Nihonbashi one was there wasn't much going on there. So maybe. Maybe it was a bit unbalanced in that sense. That's funny because by the flyers, you'd think Nihonbashi has more. Exactly, exactly. I, I, I kind of felt that there was no need to split the crowd like this. Um, if you were purely having a sales event. Because, I mean, as a consumer, like I don't want to have to go to two places, right? Like... And take the train mm. again, and it's just kind of, you know, I want to check out everything in one go. But yeah. one potential reason that I can think of is maybe they wanted to know um, which location is more popular when they have this kind of mm. an event because the layout of the shop is different, right? Yeah. So um, with with the Maranoti one, you have the the relatively small um fountain pen area but then right behind it it's the it's the paper and it's kind of like there there's a little divider but it's it's close whereas the the nihonbashi one it's also next to each other but they're very clearly separated into like different sections so i think the strength of of mononochi is that you could see the pens and then like two steps later you can see the notebooks and i i got the um the bible size refill that had five different types of paper in it but ah, yeah, yeah. Um, but for for nihonbashi it's like okay now you're looking at pens now you're looking at paper and it, it's much more clearly divided mm. and i think if i remember correctly at the big uh, spring events in nihonbashi they don't just use uh, the first basement floor right they actually split it up on, on multiple floors at least the shishikura she she, yep. she she was on like on the third floor I think before. Uh, this year she was on the first floor, but Eboya and mm. and Ohashido were on the second floor, and then Fujisan mm. is on the second floor, uh, or rather right. rather so, the the first floor, the ground floor. Right. So while this this time it was just on the first basement floor, right? right. So, so they they used less less of the space, but better split it up. But also to be fair, I mean it's not a great distance between Marunouchi and Yohombashi. I I walked between them; it took like less than ten minutes. So yeah. you don't need to get on no, the train. No, right? it's not a great distance. But if you want to buy the limited stuff from both, I, yeah. I would much rather check it out all in one go so that i have that security mm. that okay i've been able to purchase anything mm. whereas i feel like if i went to nihonbashi first wouldn't be able to necessarily secure like my other stuff at the other mm. location yeah yeah for sure yeah so what did you get for myself i only got the two inks actually mm. i did the waka Ramon ink and also the marunouchi oasis ink and actually I went back to Marunouchi one week later, and all the, there were plenty of pens left, but the inks were already sold out. So I mean, I mean obviously there's a there's a price difference; it's not too surprising. But the inks actually sold out fairly fast, so I, I'm glad I managed to get them. And actually, I I really like the uh, Marunouchi Oasis ink, which is sort of a green leaning turquoise. Uh, it's a really nice color with good shading. Right. Yeah. Um, I also got the inks, and um, I'll probably not keep the inks for myself. As I said, I got that plotter, um, uh, not plotter, sorry, the the uh, Bible size five types of paper refill thing. Mm. And I found that, that to be pretty cool. It's like a different type of paper tasting. I, I think we need more paper tasting products. That's the Kamethiria one. I think I've seen that one at... Um... At Itoya before, they also have a M Mini Five or Micro Five size. So that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, um, I think both of us mostly got stuff for other people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I was a bit surprised, or I, I found it interesting. I should say 
that I had more people asking me about the pilot than about the Shishikura sailor. And I would also say that, uh, I mean, this is very much generalizing. There are exceptions, of course, but I, it seemed to me based on a small data set that the people who were look who wanted the pilot were more sort of seasoned collectors, if you will. Um, I actually got most of my inquiries about the sailor. Big, big surprise. Mm. Um, I got most of my inquiry from uh, ladies. And I, 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 I don't know if I would agree with that um, about like the experience, but I think what the pilot collector and what the sailor collector is looking for is totally different because the pilot yes. is not... Um, it's not particularly flashy. It's flashy for pilot, but it's not particularly like... It's not a cute design, right? It's not like a, wow, um, what a, you know, funky, fun design um, that, you know, with, with glitter and, and shimmer and, you know, sparkly in the same way that the sailors. The sailor is very eye-catching. It's very, I, I, I would say it's a very, um, uh, uh, I don't know, flamboyant, but, you know, it's very... Shiny, it's eye-catching, and and it's a very cute design. I definitely agree that the sailor is more eye-catching, but I think if you, I think the people who buy the pilot, they, they don't just buy it. I mean, for that reason, they don't just buy it just because of the visuals. I think you buy it partially because you understand what what Marzen is, and you 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 like you know the the story behind this pen and the whole thing about Renga and you know Marinucci's. Sort of Marzen's history, Marinucci. So you're not just buying a, a glitter pen; you are buying sort of a, a part of Marzen's history. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's where the the pilot's value is not in. I think the pen itself. I think the pilot's value is in the history, what it represents mm. in pen history. But yeah, if you're a collector who is focused on your your collection, right, and the aesthetics of your collection, mm. um, I don't necessarily think that the pilot is particularly valuable to those people. Whereas if you're somebody who who's, you know, collecting like um swans and like uh, onotos, right, then mm. the pilot, right, the callbacks to pen history, um, the callback to to mm. Marzen's um origins, and even the Renga, you can see Tokyo Station from um, the Marunouchi store, and it's that color, right? Yeah. And it, you know the the chasing of that, the the bricks on the the nib. Yeah, I think yeah. I think it's it's a it's a different it's a different crowd. But I'm not sure. I would say yeah. that like the years of experience has anything to do with it more than what what somebody wants in that collection, right? Yeah, no, but but I think the years of experience has something to do with it because I think it is possible to collect. All the Marzen pilots, for example, there's like a finite number of it. They're not an insane number of it, but you cannot really, you can't collect all the Sailor Pro Gears. There's an infinite number of them almost at this point, right? To be fair, though, there are fewer Shishikura ones, and if you just want to get the Four Seasons, you have that. But um, I think one reason why you want to buy this is because you already have a bunch of Marzen pilot pants, which means you probably have been collecting for a while. Yeah, and. Um yeah, I, I think it's probably like if if you're doing it for the history. Obviously, some people just really like red, so they bought the bought the pen. But if you're mm. doing it for the history, it is almost a bit too late to go into the pilot, right? Because because mm. if you're going in for the history, then you want to collect it from like twenty years ago, like all mm. the all the different editions. So you know, we we know that the the vest type Udashi always really quickly sells out. Um, and and yeah, it's again that's not a particularly flashy pen, but it's also because like right. people had like the blue one and the pink one and the green one. Same thing as mm. the the um, the uh, Urushi um, flat tops. The I think eight four five that mm. they have, right? The ones that say th- that say Marzen and Pilot on it. Like it's possible that if you've been collecting for 10 years, you already have the other mm. few. If you started collecting this year, mm. um, you know, I'm sorry to say that you're probably not going to be able to find 
those other ones <laughs> nobody wants to sell exactly they're very hard yeah. to find yeah if you can find it let me know <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right um i myself got uh a bunch of uh sailors and honestly this was my biggest bet uh ever I bought a ton of shishkuras, um, and I think in total, I'm I've sold fifteen percent of the total quantities of the shishkuras, which blows my mind. And Jacob, so um, usually I don't do this, but I get like. Ton of DMs about these shishkuras. I'm like, okay, I need to get these for, for these fans. And uh, so, I bought in the two digits. I sank like like seven thousand dollars into it. My my credit card bill. Oh my god! Like next month, my credit card bill is over a million Japanese yen. And on the first day, I only sold half of them. And I was like, oh no. What do I do? How am I going to pay for my rent? Um, but fortunately, uh, you know, within the week, basically all of my stock sold out. You know, people went back, um, came back to me, asked me for more. So, so there was that. But um, overall, I think the Shikuras, maybe they're even more popular outside of Japan now. I'm not sure. But I was very... Relieved to to hear that I managed to sell uh, to sell uh, all of them. I think you should um, you should pay a royalty to Kuea. I think she has had a big part in popularizing the shishikuras outside Japan. Well, Kuea she sold a few herself, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. I've seen them already arriving. Yeah. So. <laughs> Our level of investment is different. Let's put it that way. <laughs> But um, I would call the six, the event pretty successful. Mm. I hope there's still. I, I don't know what this means for for the spring event. I hope they're still gonna do the normal big spring event. And uh, I'm not sure if this limits their ability to you know plan and produce limited editions. But I hope it won't be. So I'm looking forward to to the spring. Yeah, and um, we are supposed to get the. Um, the summer edition of the Shishikura, I guess, relatively, maybe next year. Hmm. Um, I think they were supposed to. They, I think there was talks about releasing both of them this year, but then obviously they went with the Saihyo and the and the Hoshimizora um, this year. So probably next year we're gonna see the summer edition. Uh, I'm very happy for this this capsule collection to be over. <laughs> um, it's a lot of but it seems unlikely to me that Shishikura will just stop after the summer. I'm sure it's going to be just another collection, another series starting after this, and I wonder what that will be. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think there's going to be another series, but I think for me personally, the transparent cap and opaque body, uh, I, I, I wish that it was the reverse, a, a opaque cap and a transparent body. For me, that that's. Uh... I'm surprised by that because I I don't think, I don't think transparent bodies work, on sailors or pro gears because I what well, personally I don't like seeing the converter. I I don't mind I don't mind the transparent cap. I don't mind seeing the neighbor. I I, I think it just looks ugly when you have a translucent or transparent body and you see the converter right. or the cartridge sitting. I, I think the difference is that. Um... When you ink the pen and you use it and you carry it around, the ink gets into the cap. I think it's un unavoidable, right? And and that bothers me. Whereas in the body, um, it's in the converter or the cartridge or whatever you have. So the ink doesn't get everywhere. So I'm more fine with that. Personally, for my own personal use, I'd rather have a Rialo. So we wouldn't have that problem to begin with. So uh, I think there are transparent reality like on some shimibun editions yes, my, I have my it, question yeah. about that is do the transparent realos still have that ink window i, I like already reusing that yes that's more than okay they, they do have the the ink window 
Um, I bought one, I think last year. I heavily modified it. I frosted it. Um, I changed around parts on it. Um, you know, just very heavily modified. I, I really like it. I brought it to Hong Kong with me uh, this time around as well. Um, but yes, it does have the the. But even with a piston filler, you have this sort of ugly part of you know the uh, of the piston near the end. So I think what we're really saying is that is that what sailors should do should do is it is a translucent like the vac filler or a syringe filler <laughs> or a gradient body <laughs> like like the Perfect. um the uh the milk colore that they had right with the with the three parts ah yeah 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 that'd be pretty funny and, and now discontinued but yeah. yeah um i don't necessarily mind the piston i think it actually looks nice because i i like to see it at work but i, I can see where you're coming mm. from all right um you know, we, we spend a lot of time on Marzen. Surprisingly, Marzen is not the main event that we want to talk about today. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So I, I went to this uh, Inknuma show today. So we have talked about uh, Inknuma a few times. So this is now an annual event held by Bungo Joshi, who's also known for their annual huge Bungo Joshi Hakko in the winter. And I think we recently talked about how they changed the format a little bit of this Inkunuma event this year because the venue was changed to a department store, so this Odaiku department store in Shinjuku. And I think, if I remember correctly, initially they weren't even planning on selling tickets because I remember we were talking about you know how they're going to do crowd control if you don't sell tickets if everyone's going to join. At this, I go go there at the same time, and uh, I think they realized that given the the extended and still ongoing state of emergency this was was the recipe for a disaster and a super spreader event right so they did change the formula so uh, in the end you did have to buy a ticket you have, you have to buy a ticket in advance from you know Lawson or whatever and you have to choose a time slot so just like at tips last year and just like at Inkunuma last year you had to choose from like I think there were like three or four time slots every day. Uh, so and when you bought it, when you bought a ticket, you not only did you get a time slot, but you got like a city key, like a number within that time slot. So then when you went there, you you there was a specific place where you had to line up, given your city key number. So it was all very well organized to make sure not everyone was, you know, lining up early and and so on. And and of course because they had these time slots, they they prevented all you know the overcrowding so it was actually quite well organized but the first thing you noticed when you entered like the main hall like the venue was that this was not an ink specific event because like the first thing you saw was like a half a dozen tables with nothing but washi tape well it's also in the name though right yeah, yeah. To be fair, it's in the name because it's called like Inkito Dekunuma, I think. So, yeah. like, like ink and like washi tape decoration uh, <laughs> event, right? So, you had to walk a bit to even find the tables with, you know, pens and inks. But eventually, you found them. So, you know, Sailor was there with a with a usual lineup. To be honest, Sailor's tables are usually quite boring at this event. Yeah. They, they bring the the regular ink studio inks. They bring the the food of the man and some converters and they also had like two or three lines of inks that they always bring to this event so you had these Isakaya inks they had this was a Shabetto inks and then there's and one other series but it's always the same so there's nothing there's never anything new at a sailor table um so yeah yeah I skipped the sailor table for that reason but so Twispy was there uh Pele Penna, or however you pronounce it, this, I think there's this store in uh, Kansai somewhere. They had a big table with lo- lots of glass pens and ink. Yurindo was there with a lot of new inks I'd never seen before. They sold out in an instant, of course. Um, yep. Bungo Josh had its own table with its Bungo Josh inks, including that melon soda or cream soda ink. That one sold out very fast. In fact, the first I thing I saw when I, when I went to I told you there was a melon soda trend. It's in, it's insane. Yeah, so I, I went there and there were like three people looking at that like bookshelf with all the ink. And while three people were looking, there was someone coming in like, like a crane and just grabbing the last bottle of that ink and then like quickly running away. Uh, yeah, those things were very popular for sure. 
And then uh, Meta Club was there and they brought, you know, their center dings and, and they also had that, what's it called, a green pen, the shooting star or something, something. Yeah, Jonuma. Was it Jonuma? Right. And something like that, yeah. And then Nagasawa was there and they, interestingly, still had those super triangles. You remember that blue and that um, pink yep. super triangles from like last year? They, they still had them. And they also had this new line of onomatope inks. Yeah. And they had various pens, including that some rose-colored uh, and some, some other stuff. Um, but my main motivation for going there was not the inks, but uh, paper. Because as we talked about earlier this week, I think maybe on the first day of, of the event, Sakai Technical Paper, they, they tweeted that they were launching a new brand called Paper Paper. And an all new product within that brand called Irofuru or Iroful, which was an all new paper product. And they go, they did the, like the pre say pre release at the ink show, and, and later on it's going to be available elsewhere. And of course, and given what we talked about about you know Tomo River discontinuation and Sakai Technicals papers plans for you know re- replacement products and so on. Obviously, I had questions for them, so. I went, I went quickly to Sakai Technical Paper to ask them about uh, this announcement and the new ink. So my very first question to Sakai Technical Paper was, given that you have announced, uh, given that you announced a few months ago that you were discontinuing old Tomo River product and that you were working on a replacement product, my first question is, is this Iroful, is this it? Is this your replacement product? And the answer was, no, it's not. This oh. is not their Tomo, yes. This is not the Tomo River replacement. This is a whole separate product that's go- they're going to be selling side by side with both Tomo River and, you know, whatever is going to replace Tomo River. So this new paper is a bit thicker. It's uh, 75 GSM. And initially, it's only available as loose sheets. They were selling A5 size and A4 size loose sheets. And they couldn't tell me exactly when this is going to be generally available. Uh, but they said, you know, sometime after this event. And then starting next year, they're going to be selling notebooks with this new paper. But again, this okay. is not the Tomo okay. River plate. Yeah. So this is not the Tomo River replacement. So then I have to ask them, you know, given that you were announcing that you are working on the replacement, um, what can you tell me about that? Can you tell me, you know, which company you're working with? Can you tell me, you know, what's going on? And they said, yeah, we are working with Tomogawa. We are still working with Tomogawa. And it's not so much like a collaboration as we are kind, because we are just like, we as in Sake Technical Paper, we are selling, like we are kind of asking them uh, to develop something that would replace um, an old Tomo River. And initially that, that was it. That was all they were willing to tell me. But then, but then I told them about what I heard. I told them that I, that I had contacted Tomogawa directly and I told them exactly what they had told me. And they were amused and surprised by that because they thought some of that was like... Right, <laughs> you're just secret. a random gaijin. yeah. yeah. Uh, but I assured them and I showed them that they had told me that I got explicit permission to um, uh, to post this on blogs and so on. Uh, after showing them that, they were willing to tell me actually a bit more specifics. Now, I can't tell you the specifics here on the podcast, but I'm going to say one thing. And that is, if you are, if you are a fan of Old Tomo River, then there's good reason to be at least cautiously optimistic. That's good. Don't give up. Don't give up on Tomo River yet. Right. That, that's all I can say uh, on the record, <laughs> on the podcast. That, that's, that's very interesting. Um, why did they create this, this Irofuru product then? That, I don't understand. I think... Uh, yeah, it, it wasn't clear from the from the description, but I think this is more like if you look at the 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 way they they like the ad copy and the way they they you know 
explain this product. It seems more about specifically about just showing off ink and it's very telling that it's just loose sheets at this point. I think this is paper for, you know, the ink numa crowd with their glass pens and their like 500 toner limb inks. So it's less about, you know, planner paper or, or journaling paper. This, this, is, you, this is when you want to try your shimmering inks and, 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 and you don't mind slightly thicker papers. Okay. So you're telling me that it's thicker so they don't think it's going to be planner paper, but they still think it's going to be great for Fountain Pins there and for their collaboration with Tomer River, it's going to still focus on like... Uh, Techo paper, whereas yes. for this one, it's going to be like more general use notebook. Yeah, this, this is like ink numa paper. You're, you're, you're testing your toner limb things at home with your glass pen. That, that, that's sort of what I read into it. Because if, if, if you look at the photos also, the way they, they talk about this, this is like the main selling point is how ink looks on the paper. But isn't that the main selling point of Tomoe River? Well, I think you can argue that, that the, the thinness is part of it too. Because, I mean, if you're selling a notebook with, with uh, over 200 pages and it's still relatively thin, right? That, that is a selling point, So, uh, so I, I think. I, I think there's going to be a split in the community because um, the complaint about Tomoe River is always that the show-through is terrible. Yes. This... This is the reason why people like the 68 GSM. Because still got Tomoe River, it feels a little bit different, mm. but the show through mm. is is okay. Yeah. With the 75, you'll have great ink um properties, I, I assume. Yeah. Um and and hopefully it won't show through. So mm. this feels more like a general fountain pen lovers paper than Tomoe River. I actually foresee this to eat into a lot of Tomoe River's sales, if it works. Possibly, possibly. I have some more. I'll talk a bit more about the paper in a minute. But but before then, I had some more questions about Tomoe River. I got a bit more information from them about Tomoe River. First of all, I asked them, well, I told them, I know that the only product that you're selling today with new Tomoe River paper is this loose sheets that, that you call new machinery paper. So my question is, why didn't you make, why, why haven't you made any notebooks or any more products with a new Tomo River paper? And the guy just said, uh, the paper is not as good. <laughs> that was the gist of it. <laughs> it surprised me a bit that, that he was so straightforward with that. But yeah, he said, yeah, we don't think the paper is as good. Can you repeat what he said in Japanese? Now, I can't remember like word for word, but I think he used the word story to, to, to describe like, the, the property that he liked about old right. Tomo River. Right, right, right. Okay, okay. All right, yeah. Um, so so, so that, I, that I found very interesting. And also I asked them, you know, given that you don't have any replacements yet and given that you're now introducing this new uh, product and, and, and that you still have Tomo River under, under this new paper paper like umbrella brand do you foresee selling Tomo River for quite some time do you have enough stock to be able to sell Tomo River for foreseeable future and he said no we are almost running out of Tomo River um, okay so, so they need to move quickly on this uh, on uh, this, yeah on the, the new 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 Tomo River yeah so, so they don't have that much left. Uh, they still have some 68 GSM, but that is only cream color, which I think some, some of the fountain pen and glass pen enthusiasts might not like. I think that's more meant for, you know, planner use. Like we know, for example, that Da Vinci is selling 68 GSM. Uh, so it's not quite the same. Yeah. The, so the, I have the a cream question. Color, the cream um, colored. Yeah. So, Irofuru, is that a cream yeah. colored paper? Because it looks cream to me. I didn't really test the paper while I was at the event because I was more interested in you know getting as much information as could out of the guy and I had you know, limited time with other people there. So I bought some paper and I brought it back home, of course, and I done some testing this afternoon. And 
my first impression when I tested this uh, Iderful paper is, hmm, this, this seems familiar. I've seen this before. So I did some more comparisons. I did some more tests. And now I would say I am almost entirely certain that Iderful is 75 GSM Cosmerlite. I need to sell my stock of Iderful. I am almost entirely certain. I, the, 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 the color you write, it's slightly off-white cream color. That sort of almost plasticky texture. Uh, at least they call it like spongy, which makes sense because, you know, you can have two 75 GSM papers with different uh, like height, right? Because the density can be different. And I think with Cosmere Light, part of the, uh, you know, the... Um, that writing experience comes from the fact that the paper is has a relatively low density. I believe it's kind of like fluffy, fluffy, spongy, right? And I, this this beautiful paper has exactly the same property. And I tried with a few inks and I compared side by side. It looks exactly the same. I, I am certain that beautiful is Cosmere light. Jacob, you are you're making me very disappointed right now. I'm very sad. <laughs> I have to burn my stock of Eurofooter. I I could be wrong. If it's not the same, then they have made something that is very similar. And yeah, you're gonna hate this because if you don't like the how how a Cosmere, the, the feeling when you write in Cosmere Light, you're not gonna like Eurofooter. I'm gonna take it back. Uh, this paper is not gonna cut into the sales of Tomoe River at all. Um, garbage paper. I'm very disappointed. All right, next topic. <laughs> well, sorry, I have just one more thing about this uh, ink event I wanted to talk yeah. about. So I had told myself I wouldn't buy any ink because I have too much ink and I need to show like restraint. And that, that's what was... happens when right before you buy ink. That, that has. But in my defense, I only bought one and it was one that I just couldn't <laughs> resist. So, so Nagasawa had this ink called Rise up Rikuzen Takata or uh, Gambapeshi Rikuzen Takata, which is not a new ink for this event. I think they, they launched it earlier this year, but I didn't know about it until now. But I I had to get that one because I, I mean because of the story. So I think maybe you know this, but um, Rikuzen Takata is probably the city that is hardest hit, or one of the cities that was hardest hit by the tsunami back in 2011 the whole city was basically like wiped off the map almost like right? there was almost nothing left um except except for one lone like pine tree near the beach which is now called the ippon matsu or the miracle pine so before the the tsunami there was this like big forest of like thousands of pine trees uh, near near the, the seaside and all but one uh, it got, got like, destroyed, swept away by the tsunami. So this one lone surviving uh, pine tree beca- became sort of the symbol of hope uh, after the tsunami, and that's also now on the label. And the reason, uh, one of the reasons why Nagasawa has made an ink about this is that you know Nagasawa is based in Kobe, right? And of course, Kobe has its own experience with. Um, natural disaster was hit very hard by the great Hanshin earthquake back in 1994. So there's this sort of friendship kizuna going on between Kobe and uh, Jigusen Takata. And for me it was also a bit special because I actually went I actually went to Jigusen Takata shortly after the tsunami and I brought some, I went to the shelter and I brought some of them, uh, clothes and stuff together with other friends. Uh, we brought that to, to the shelters there and I actually went to uh, the seaside and I saw this, I have photos of this, the Ippon Matsu. So for me that was something uh, something very personal. So I, I had to get ink for that reason. Yeah, all right. And yeah, after hearing that, that does make a lot of sense. Like why you would want to, to buy that. Yeah, the ink itself is, to be honest, is not that remarkable. It's sort of an orangey, kind of yellow orange ink. But I, 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 it could be like black for all I cared. I, I just liked it for for the name and for the label and for, for the story. So that is my one ink purchase from from the event. Meanwhile, Alessa, who was there. For the second time, she went early this week. <laughs> she bought a whole bunch of inks again. 
Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> so overall, was was the event fun? I mean, I wasn't able to go, um, but did you enjoy that? So I would say you didn't have nearly as much of this regional, this Gotoji inks that we talked about last time, because last year's show was more ink focused, right? You have some of these regional uh, stores that rarely come to Tokyo otherwise. You didn't have them this time. Um, but uh, yeah, I, th- I think the focus makes sense. Uh, it looked like t- it looked like there were a lot of people there. I know that yesterday's tickets were all sold out, so I think the concept works. And uh, I still got enough out of the event that I'm happy. That's good. That's good. I mean, I wish I could have gone as well, but um, I remember we both saying, oh, we don't know if we're going to go. But, right. you know, new, new products. <sighs> I'm still reeling over uh, over um, Yudofura, but it sounds like it was a blast. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. Yeah. All right. Are we ready to go to our next topic? Let's do that. So um, we covered this Moonman Kaveko Majan thing a few weeks back. And yeah. Um, at the time, Moonman was saying, or sorry, uh, uh, Kaveko was saying that, oh, Moonman's T1 copied our Kaveko sport shape, even though they had, uh, applied for, um, like a trademark on the shape. Mm. The EU court said that it was not distinctive enough for them to, uh, mm. own that, uh, trademark. And so they just went out and, bought the name of Moonman instead, which, uh, you know, regardless of whether you think the T1 is too similar or not to Kaveco, I I just don't think that is what you do as a competitor. Like, Mm. um, you know, as, as, as a, as a rival or, or whatever it is, right? Like, it's just not something that you, you do. So they got a lot of flack about it. Um, a few yeah. months later, Kaveco comes out with the Kaveco RS1. Jacob, do you yeah. want to tell our readers what the RS1 is? <laughs> well, the the headline is that this is a revenge pen. That's how I describe it. Because this this is basically a Kaveco sport. And it's made out of titanium, I believe. Yes. Right. And I think they're they're saying in the description. Well, I, I I can't read Chinese, but but you were translating for me, and I think they were saying something to the effect of, you know, this is higher quality than you know the the German equivalent or something like that. And then, as we I think mentioned in the in recent episode, they have now changed their logo and tagline to says design period made in China, which is which is just a version of Lamy's design period made in German, right? So it, it, it's, it's the one word that describes this pen is revenge. I think it's hilarious because um, this is almost a little bit like Chinese humor. It's like, oh, you don't like what we're doing? We're going to do it more. See how you like it then. And we're going to do it better. <laughs> and um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm looking up, uh, and I have it here. I'm subscribed to their their WeChat uh, page, which, by the way, is still Moonman Pen. But mm-hmm. the the logo on top says Mahjong, and it says, um, uh, "Superior to the same German model using titanium um, uh, alloy." And they don't mention Kaveco at all. Uh, but I, I thought that the headline was just hilarious. And mm. um, this pen is different from the Kaveco in the sense that it has like little rivets. Um, and I'm okay with the rivets. I'm not too sure about that like tab. Uh, that's not my favorite thing. Mm. The rivets, I think, look kind of cool. They're saying like, oh, it's a airplane quality um, material. It's like anti-rust, etc. And right. um, it 
I'm scrolling down. It says, it says light fifty percent. It doesn't say what the fifty percent is in comparison to. <laughs> but it says,、okay. it says,、um, it says like、um, karsa equal goji percento, and I think they're you know we we know who they're talking about. We know who they're they're talking about. Interestingly,、yeah. this pen comes in both steel and fourteen k. I noticed that too, and I can't remember having seen. Maybe I'm maybe. I'm just forgetting about it, but I can't remember having seen Moonman pens with gold nibs other than that. So there was one with this, you know, like usually the one with hooded nibs tend to have this, you know, new old stock nibs, which are often like 12k as well. I know, I remember there was one of those, but but I can't remember having seen a recent or any Moonman with a 14k, like a normal like open nib. Right. Yeah.、Um, I agree. Did you look at this 14k nib though? It's very per- peculiar. So the tie slit is not connected to the breather hole. Yeah, I see. And the breather hole is unusually large, isn't it? Yeah. And the second thing is,、um, and maybe I'll send you the the direct link. But if you look at、um, the the SE by the one that you linked in our show notes,、mm. you click into the Um, the page. One of the first items is Hero H seven one two ten k gold fountain pen, and the fourth image is an image of a ten、uh, k、uh, nib, and this image, with the exception of the breather hole、um, being a bit、uh, being connected to the tines. It has the exact same engravings, but it's ten k. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and there's a history of Chinese pens being the Chinese pens with gold nibs being like ten or twelve k instead of fourteen k. In Germany, there were、uh, there were twelve k and like twenty k as well.、Mm, Older、okay. Pelicans, you can find that. Ten、um, k, I think they probably just wanted to save on gold,、um, but I'm not sure how、mm. effective that is. In terms of like corrosion resistance and stuff like that, but right, right. And the point here is that I always thought Moonman was owned by、uh, Shanghai Jingdian, whereas、yeah. Hero is a different company. I mean, Hero is a very old company,、yeah. right? It, it, ha- it has a very long history.、Um, so I, I'm actually pretty curious to see how similar these nibs are. I, I would even say that they are the same.、Um, so.、Mm. Who knows? Maybe there's some kind of consolidation going on in the Chinese market.、Uh, we're not studied enough to really,、um, you know, do an analysis、mm. on that,、uh, Jacob. But it's might might be time for you to to go back to buying only Chinese pens. Maybe I should do that again. But one thing we can say is that we have seen this Instagram account from、um, what seems to be Chinese OEM factories. And they claim that they are producing pens for Moonman and Namiso and Narwhal and a whole bunch of other brands that you think of as either Chinese or or Western. So I wouldn't be surprised if 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 the nibs are actually made by you know a a third party and they are just combining it. That's true. That's very true. Um, but yeah, I I thought it was interesting. The price is the same price, almost the same price as the. Kaveco Sport,、um, at least from this third retailer. I'm sure you can get it cheaper on like AliExpress or like Taobao or something. But from from Essibuy, it's um, it's uh, the same price as the Kaveco、uh, Brass Sport. Um, and that's for the steel nib model. So, you know, Moonman is kind of saying, you know what, bring it on. We'll we'll take you head on. And I was telling you this um earlier uh not on the podcast. I was telling you how I find it so interesting that Moonman has no marketing department. They have no like advertising.、Mm. They they basically, if you don't know, you wouldn't know about Moonman outside of the Chinese market. And yet,、right. Kaveco is saying that they're you know such a big damage to their sales. That that's just so interesting to me. So you know, we'll see what happens with this、uh, with this RS one. 
Um, personally, I, I I don't really find the appeal of this pen. I think it's a bit too short. Um, so I'm going to stick with my Moonman T1s. But, you know, we'll see if once there's a... This is an actual, like, look-alike copy, right? This is an actual copy. Um, we'll see the popularity between the two, whether the weight thing makes a difference or whether the titanium thing makes a difference. One thing that I would be excited is that you could um, you can anodize titanium so you can possibly get like a mm. bunch of different um, super colorful uh, pens or you know Cerakote them. So that could be a cool thing for people who want to like mod their pens afterwards. Um, that could be a cool mm. option. I think it's very interesting that a pen is so expensive for a Moonman and I'm sure the reason for it, I'm sure it's more expensive to use titanium and so on. But, but the choice to make a relatively expensive pen is interesting because to me that says, I think that plays into this whole like revenge aspect. Like we're not going to make it cheap and we are going to make a pen that is clearly superior to a Kareko Sport. Except it's exactly the same. <laughs> so, exactly, exactly. so I'm, I'm pretty curious. Um, should I get one? I'm very tempted now. I'm very, very tempted. Uh, maybe and, and you can probably eyedrop this. Could you? you? Can, uh, that would make it interesting, yeah. You can definitely eyedrop this because I, I see a place where you can put an O-ring. Okay, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So uh, so that that's the Moonman, um, Moonman RS1. Yeah. All right. Do you want to round it off with the Fika uh, Sailors? Yeah, sure. But, but I don't have the announcement in front of me. So can you, can you start by explaining what is this? <laughs> sure. So, um, Sailor USA um, always commissions a bunch of different uh, pens. And from what I can tell, what Sailor USA likes to do is that they like to commission the pens in all the sizes. So it, um, mm. they like to do like uh, they like to do like the the slim the 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 normal size and then the uh, the king of pen. So a lot of these king of pen sized uh, like special editions actually comes from Sailor USA, which is interesting because usually the U.S. doesn't get stuff that we don't get in Japan. Right. But this time, from what I'm seeing, it actually looks like they are. It, it actually looks like this is um, from Sailor Japan that's trying to do this, and then they're trying to push it on Sailor yeah. um, so USA. So, so that's uh, the interesting um, first part. The second thing is that um, you were mentioning about the colors so we yeah. have this blue one um which actually does have a slightly translucent but dark blue uh body and that's the one that comes in the king of mm. pen and the pro gear no slim mm. size but they do have a ballpoint and then you have this red one which is the slim size um and then they have a ballpoint pen there too as well which is also the slim size so i didn't know there was a slim ballpoint makes no sense and then they have uh, a tea time ink which looks like it's 20 milliliters so right they're doing this um this i guess swedish slash danish inspired uh yeah release now as yeah, as yeah. a swede what do you think <laughs> first of all i think here in japan at least there's a like scandinavian sort of trend going on has been going on for a while a lot of like shops and brands with like fake scandinavian names so I, I it's not surprising to me that that sailor japan would do something like this i'm more surprised that sailor or maybe itoy us would do something like this so it, it makes me wonder if perhaps this was initiated or uh, by sailor japan or at least you know the yeah. concept was it was initiated by japan originated here that's my, my, my first thought. Uh, my second thought is, if you just see these two pants, 
and you're you're asked you know what do you think is you know the concept here the idea behind it you were not in a million years guess what it was well i'm not very familiar with like the concept to begin with i think the red is a bit like strange so the the blue or sort of purple royal blue one uh, is meant to look like you know, Swedish uh, porcelain, you know, there are brands like uh, Gustavsberg, uh, which I'm sure no one in Japan can pronounce that makes, you know, cups that looks kind of like this. Uh, but there are actually a lot of other things that have these colors. So it's not, it, it's, what, it's not the first thing you think about when you see these colors. The other one is meant to look like Hallengrotter, which is this kind of pastry with like raspberry jam in it. So, but it, so the color here is just the, uh, I guess the uh, raspberry jam part of it. See, what I like about it is that they're doing a king of pen in a different color. The, the longest time, you know, people are complaining, no interesting king of pens. Well, now you have an interesting king of pen. Mm. Um, I I see the porcelain aspect of um of the blue one. I think if they had the blue mm. cap and maybe like a white body, that would mm. be better. I mean, in the image, Yes. It's just like white, right? <laughs> Whereas this is just blue. Yeah, so, yeah. so the dark blue doesn't really make so much sense to me. Um, mm. But uh, otherwise, I think the blue works. I think it's a very fantastic color. It actually looks like the yeah. same material as the tag uh, exclusive on it. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it called? Like a Rudy Hero or, or yeah. whatever it was. Um, yeah, I remember that one. And I think that was a pretty but, nice color. Yeah. But the red one seems like something you've seen before yeah the red one i'm like not a big fan of but i think it's also i don't see any prices here maybe maybe these are uh, more affordable than store exclusives but i think it's a little bit boring that they did not do anything with a nib so by comparison if you get like a kingdom note or a hachimonja or pento note or bung box you get usually like a custom nib engraving and you get uh, something interesting with the finials here is just different body color uh, body and cap color and nothing else which is eh, kind of boring yeah I, I i i agree um i agree but if i think about the market i don't know if it matters enough for them to to do something with the with the nib engraving especially on the king of pen i don't think i've seen a special engraving on the king of pen before i've seen the special um plating but never uh never an engraving yeah the only king of pens i've seen with custom engravings have been these uh, sailor anniversary ones that have been <laughs> very expensive yeah and yeah so th- th- that's th- that's so, very unusual so i'm looking at the uh oh and by the way these are limited uh the king of pen is at least is limited to 400 and it's seven hundred and sixty dollars, uh, U.S. dollars for the King of Pen, which I think is actually fairly reasonable um, if you consider the rest of their lineup, right? The mm. the Pro Gear is 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 three hundred and ten dollars. Yeah, and that might explain why you have the the, the normal basic finials and and uh, you know the standard nibs. So yeah, that's reasonable. Yeah, but it only comes in M and MF, which is. I actually think it's okay because that means you can swap out the nibs for a more interesting nib. Mm. The slim size is $176. So I think the slim size one is a, is a bit expensive, but I think the regular Pro Gear, that's that's fairly fairly reasonable. Mm. Yeah. All right. And um, with that, I think that's been the episode. Anything else that you want to add, Jacob? Just very quickly talk about one more sailor announcement that is kind of interesting. So they are now selling empty ink bottles. Uh, so we recently talked about these new, uh, what we call it, the Minamo ink. There is a new set of three ink bottles in, this was a new 10 ml bottle. And now they're selling empty 10 ml bottles. Um so you can buy them separately for around like 600 yen or you can buy them I think in a pack of six with it which is kind of box and the other thing that's interesting about empty ink bottles is that you can order extra like labels for them I, I 
I'm not sure if you can order any kind of imprint, any kind of printing on the labels, but you can order extra extra labels. So to me, this sounds like Sailor's response to Tamiya bottles, which are which are now so very popular in Japan. But the problem is, of course, that um, while the Sailor ink bottles are like 600 yen, Tamiya you can usually get the Tamiya bottles for less than 100 yen, so they are quite expensive for empty bottles. Yeah, it's like six times the price. It's obviously like pretty controversial. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I. Uh, Ten milliliters is still a lot for a sample. I don't know. It is, uh, but it's interesting that Sailor is kind of encouraging, uh, like sharing of inks. Uh, uh, you would think that they, they would they would not be. Um, in favor of that you think that they would rather like sell smaller like ink in smaller bottles that everyone buys their own bottles but here clearly they are encouraging people to to share ink because it even says that in in the ad copy that you know you can use this to to share ink with your friends yeah for sure um let's see let's see if this will pop up on yeah. merikari soon i think that's been the episode um, thank yeah. you everybody so much again for, for listening to us ramble on for more than an hour. Uh, if you like the show, please, please, please share it with your friends on Instagram, on TikTok, on your Facebook groups, on Reddit. Tell everybody about Tokyo Inklings. Tell them how, um, uh, wh- what you think about the show. Um, just let, let people know that this exists and hopefully we want to get the word out there. We want to grow the podcast and, uh, and, once we once we're able to do that, uh, we'll have our Q and A only um, session. Maybe. Yeah, sounds good to me. All right, and with that, um, that's been episode forty one. My name is Cy. You can find me on my website at TokyoStationPens.com on Instagram and TikTok at TokyoStationPens and on Twitter at TokyoStationMNH. And my name is Jacob, and I am Fudofan on Instagram and on Twitter. I have a blog at fudofan.com. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.